and welcome to episode 24 of the Right For Your Life podcast. 24 already, can you believe it, Mike? I cannot believe it, Ian. Cannot. It's crazy. It's very crazy. Uh, but it's good. It means that we're rattling through them. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, I must say at this stage, a, a big thank you. We've had quite a lot of people um, say nice things in the last two or three weeks over Twitter and email. It's been quite lovely and uh, and much appreciated. We do like hearing nice things about the show. You heard anything? Yeah, yeah. People get in touch and, and they say <laughs> how much they love you. It's all about you, Ian. Well, they don't say that, well, not to me, unless they're just being shy. But I don't mind that either. I, I receive many posts, uh, many, lots of posts, many fan mail, uh, many letters, parcels, gift gift packages for you um, that I promise I will forward over. I was going to say, I've not seen any of them yet. I'm holding them all up. I'm just going to hire out a van and, and drive up north to you and, and deliver them. Well, that would be very kind. And when you do that, I, what I will do is I'll give you some constructive feedback on your delivery system, because that's what we're going to be talking about today, Mike. That was beautiful. Well done. We're going to, thank you. We're going to be talking about uh, well, how to accept feedback, really, because um, a couple of weeks ago I talked about, uh, we talked about confidence, and, um, and I sort of said, in fact I did say, uh, that kind of the only way to um, improve is to accept feedback. So we were talking about how difficult it can be to let go of your writing and actually show people because you're afraid of what kind of feedback you're going to get. And I said that the only way really to improve is to have that feedback. So I thought that was kind of touching on the subject, but not really exploring it in any depth, because you need to be open to feedback in lots of different ways, and there are lots of reasons why you need to be open to feedback. I know that it's terrifying. It's absolutely awful, the prospect of receiving feedback on your work. Um, when you're, you know, you're nervous about it, you're not sure what people are going to make of it, and you end up getting, you know, quite quite nervous about it. And um, that happened to me just last night, believe it or not, Mike. I do believe it. Well, let me tell you what happened. Please. Uh, um, what, what happened was, um, there was a focus group, so my publisher, Legend, they ran um, like a, a reading group where, I mean, I'm not entirely sure how it worked. Uh, I wasn't there, for one. That's a good reason for not knowing how it works. Um, but... Um, uh, thank goodness I wasn't there. That's awful to actually really see people talking about your work firsthand. <laughs> anyway, there was this reading group, and um, and it was people I, I I don't know. And and before the events, a couple of people mentioned it on Twitter. Sort of, they said, "Oh, I'm going to this event tonight to talk about Ian Broom's A.S. Rangelica." I'm thinking, "Crikey, what's going on here?" Hey, up. <laughs> I know. What's going on? <laughs> and my, I didn't my... sanction this. <laughs> well, indeed. <laughs> My gut reaction, of course, was was one of you know absolute terror. You know, this is it. People are going to be reading my book. I don't know who these people are. And then I kind of remind myself that that was pretty much what I've wanted for several years. So um, I I kind of reined myself in a bit and pulled myself together and braced myself. Um, but it's such a natural a natural feeling of um, I don't know panic, nervousness, whatever you want to call it. Um, when when people are going to be basically assessing, judging, use whatever word you want. Hopefully, providing some sort of constructive criticism or feedback on your writing, um, and it's natural to worry about uh, hurt feelings and things like that. I think and taking things personally, but that's very much what you shouldn't do. You should not take these things personally, because um, they're almost never any feedback that isn't how you wanted it to go. Um, it's almost never ever personal, and um, if it is personal, then you probably shouldn't be giving it to that person in the first place. 
So that's what we're going to be talking about in um, a reasonable amount of detail for the rest of this podcast, because I think it's such a, such a, um, a, what do you call it, such a pillar of the writing process. It's, um, it's the most important thing, pretty much, apart from the actual writing and the editing. It's the getting the feedback, because that's how you know where, that's how you know where you're going wrong or where you're going right. But um, before we get on to that, shall we do our first sponsor? We've got some wonderful sponsors this week. We do indeed. Um, our first sponsor this week is... Now, we all know Squarespace by now. If you've been listening to this show, you are aware of Squarespace because we've been talking about them for some time. But what you might not know, Ian, you will know it, but others might not know, is that there is a brand new version of Squarespace available now. It's called Squarespace 6, and they have done amazing work at updating their whole system. All the things that you're used to with Squarespace, the things that we've spoken about before, like their rock-solid design, uh, rock-solid hosting, their fantastic iOS apps, all of that stuff, that's all the same. But what they've done is they've added a bunch of new features. They've totally redesigned the, the posting sort of system, um, and it looks beautiful. It's so intuitive. There's even more drag-and-drop functionality to make your site look exactly how you want it. Um, they've got responsive design on their new templates, which we're going to talk about in a moment. So we've spoken about responsive design before because we were talking about it with your site, I believe, last week, Ian. So basically, this is the idea that your site will automatically scale for different screen sizes. And it doesn't just shrink everything. It moves things around, makes things look great. They resize the images and stuff. Um, they've still got 24-7 fanatical supports if you have any problems when setting up your site their team is always ready to help you now the themes that they have the new templates are beautiful they're so good and they have different types of templates for if you want to set up a portfolio a blog they have some that are suited towards like um shops like you know like a storefront stuff like that um i've been using squarespace 6 for a while and I mean, I was just so enamored by the, um, the the themes. I didn't want to change anything, just a couple of bits of the colors. Like, the actual layout of them is, is beautiful. Now, you said to me before the start of the show, Ian, that you thought that they looked great, the new sites. Well, they, they do look. They have, the, the new templates are absolutely um, amazing, considering that they kind of just come with it. So you could set it up and have a template that looks like that in the first place. But this is, I mean, I've mentioned this before on the podcast when we've talked about Squarespace, when they've sponsored the podcast, is that it's perfect for the Right For Your Life audience, as I see it, because not everyone is hugely technical. I mean, if you want technical, then Squarespace is also absolutely fine, because you can do, you can, you can mess with the code, you can make it look however you want. But the fact that these, that you can just sign up and have these templates from the get-go is perfect for a lot of people who aren't so technical, which is a lot of people who listen to Write for Your Life. We're writers, we're editors, we do all kinds of things that aren't always that technical. And some people, they just go to the first kind of blogging engine that they've heard of, I won't mention names, and they go for that because uh, they fancy just getting something up quickly. And what they don't realise is that with something like Squarespace is that they can do exactly that, but it will look amazing. And the whole thing with the mobile, uh, with it being uh, the templates being responsive as well, is hugely important. And um, more and more people, I don't know about your web stats, Mike, but I know mine show that more and more people are logging on via, you know, iPhones and Androids, tablets, iPads, that kind of thing. So to have it kind of built in that that your site will work on those devices is um, is pretty important. It's future proof. That's what these templates are. Exactly. Now, if you've tried out Squarespace before and you weren't for for some crazy reason you didn't like it, I don't know what that would be. Or if you haven't tried them out yet, 
I can give you a two-week free trial so you can go try out Squarespace 6 for yourself. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Squarespace 6 over the coming weeks, but go try it out now. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. You'll start out for a two-week free trial. Squarespace's plans start from as little as $8 a month, and I can get you 10% off your first order if you use the coupon code 70 decibels 7 That's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-7 at checkout. And that'll give you 10% off. Thank you to Squarespace, and congratulations on launching Squarespace 6. Absolutely. I have, a, I have a tip. I have a feedback tip. Well, I was going to ask you. I've got written down on my notes here. Ask Mike about feedback. I have a tip for giving feedback. Oh, I know right. we're going to talk about receiving it, but basically, if you're in an environment where you are to be receiving feedback, it's very likely that you will also be giving it as well, I think. Um, yep. If, if, in that sort of, if that's in a work environment or like a, a creative environment. Now, I have a great tip. This is given to me by someone. It's very simple, and it's just the three to one. For every one thing that you should say to someone which you did not like about what they did, you should say three nice things. No matter, even if they're very simple. Because constructive criticism is all about helping people. But it does hurt. You know, if, if, if for example, somebody is, has, has, read part of your, has read your book, Ian, and they didn't like something about it, mm. you know, people need to respect that that is going to hurt someone because that's your, your work, right? So for every, this is something that I try and work by. It, it's worked well for me in the past when I'm giving feedback in my actual real-world environment. If I have something that I want somebody to work on, say three nice things and one constructive thing, or maybe one negative thing about what happened. And I found that that makes that makes people go away feeling a lot better about the interaction. Well, I think you're right, but only to a point. In, in certainly, in terms, maybe maybe in the working environment, definitely right. I mean, you're definitely right that you should give feedback and have uh, combined something positive. Don't just sort of hammer someone to pieces and ruin their confidence. Yeah. But I do think that you're being a bit soft. You yeah. Know, don't three, make stuff one, up. Goodness me! Yeah. What if there aren't three things nice to say about exactly. their work? Don't make things up. Right, but but don't just be like this is crap, right? And just tell and that, say nothing else. Have some nice stuff to say, you know. Just just try and make it a little bit easier on the person. That's that's my belief. I mean that that is true, but and and especially if it's if you're giving feedback to someone who's new to something, um, especially if it's kind of the first piece of writing that they've given you in the, in in the writing context, then yes, be be gentle and be be thoughtful. But when you've kind of, when you kind of, uh, I mean, for instance, I, I mean, I'm a copywriter. I, I write for a living, and that ratio to me is not one I recognise. I um, maybe it has it's to be different right. in the corporate. It, it will definitely be different in the corporate world because you have to be so careful about all of this stuff. You can't, you're not allowed to upset people in corporate. Ian, you must be nice. Well, and, and there's nothing wrong with being nice, and I am. I absolutely advocate being nice. Um, and and certainly, if you have got primarily negative things to say about a piece of work, then uh, make sure that what you say is is done in context and uh, that it's constructive, and that they can actually go away and do something with that advice. That's the most important thing, I think. I just you know, if if you're going to be constructive, there are ways that you should phrase the discussion. I think. Uh, yeah. and words that you should use and, and just try and be mindful of the mm. fact that no matter what anybody says what, what you say is going to be taken personally <laughs> you know to, a, it, to, a, to an extent yes but, but eventually you come to realise as I said at the start that, that it, in almost every case it isn't personal yeah. and, you, and, and, and this, is kind of, this is my first point we've led very nicely onto it but if you are receiving feedback then you have to have the 
the right mindset. You have to be mentally prepared for bad news, I guess. You have to be objective about it. I wrote about this last week. I think we talked about it too. No, we did. It was the podcast last week. We talked about objectivity. When you're receiving feedback, you have to try and be really, really objective about um, what comes your way. And you do have to try and separate the personal from the um, what feels like a personal kind of attack um, because you're so close to your writing. You have to separate separate that out and realize that um, that that it's that it's important that you're receiving feedback and and in a way you need to kind of embrace it and enjoy the fact that someone is even if what they say is really tough to hear that actually the end goal is that they're making your writing better or you're going to take whatever they've said to you and make your writing better and kind of remember that at all times and that will hopefully help you stop um, stop getting hurt I suppose. So it is always tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is tough. I mean, it's extremely tough, but it's and and it kind of comes with experience too. I mean, like like I say, last night I heard people. I knew that people were going to be talking about my novel, and my instant reaction was exactly what you just said. It's like, oh no, what what would this is awful? People are going to be reading my book and talking about it. What if they don't like it? But first of all, what if they do like it? You know, you can let's look on the bright side. Um, but the truth is, it's fantastic that I'm going to get some feedback on it and I can use it to become a better writer. I mean, this is something that I learned at university and, and more so when, since having an agent. I mean, when people are doing the same thing and they know what they're doing, they're kind of brutal, but um, in a constructive way. There's nothing wrong with being brutal. You just have to do it in a way that's, that's best for the writing and best for the author as well. You have to, you have to be... You do. You, you are right. You do have to be thoughtful about it and put things in context. But in the end of the day, it's about making your work or someone else's work better, depending on which side of the fence you're on. And that's always the most important thing. I mean, there should be no ulterior motive, really. You should not. You should. You should know that the person that's giving you the feedback, they should want to do the best for you and for your work. And there shouldn't be any kind of ulterior motive on both sides, so that you shouldn't show someone your work because you think that they'll say nice things about it. So, for instance, don't show it your mum or something like that, because they're more likely to say nice things about it. You have an ulterior motive in that case, because you just want someone to say something nice, so you show it to someone who you think will say something nice. And, um, and that's no good. It's good to have a friend you can trust to give you this sort of feedback, I think, because there's somebody who's looking out for your best interests, but you, someone you know will be honest. They're not easy to come by. But if you can find someone like that in your life, they're just a good person to have. Absolutely. And this is why writing groups exist and why people go on writing courses and why people have mentors, which is something that I've considered doing is, is being a mentor for, for other writers. If anyone's interested in that kind of thing, they should let me know. But like they have, you know, people would effectively pay to have my time. I know that <laughs> I started selling my wares there when you actually made a, perfect, a point about having a friend. Um, but it's not that. But it's something I've thought about um, uh, because it is really important to have someone who knows what they're doing, who can give you objective, constructive feedback, someone who you can trust, whose opinion you value, who has the experience to give you a, uh, an opinion uh, that is going to help you. It's really important to have that person and your, your mum just won't cut the mustard unless she's, unless she's a professional writer. J.K. Rowling. I mean, uh, if, if you want to know, if you're writing a book about wizards and, uh, and, uh, and you want some feedback, give it to J.K. She, she's, she's the best mum you could have in this whole situation. Pretty much. I think uh, you'd be guaranteed to get published. <laughs> well, you would hope not, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, here's, a, here's a thing for you. Um, 
in regards to feedback. I try and sometimes look for feedback in places that are maybe not intentional. So we have a public contact form at 70decibels.com forward slash contact. People get in contact with us there. They tell us, they give us topic suggestions. They extend the conversation about their shows, give their views. Sometimes, though, we get some nasty email. Ugh. It happens, you know, happens. Fine. Um, some people, um, you know, sometimes I just see it as nasty because they're criticizing or something, but they're being good about it, right? So it's only nasty in the way that it makes me feel, but I can appreciate that. And, and, and a lot of that emails really helped me grow. Sometimes we get people that are really angry, really angry. And I don't understand why, but sometimes we upset people. But I try and uh, whenever I get an email like that, I never want to respond to it in the way that a human being would like to respond to it. So I never respond to it straight away. Because otherwise, you know, you, you, you've upset me now. So, you know, I'm, I would lash out. But I don't want to do that because that's not how I like to conduct myself on the internet. So what I always do is I take the person's points and I ask them questions about them, like sensible questions. So if they said, oh, I hate that you talk about this, this and this, I would say, well, okay, why? And what other things would you like us to talk about? 99% of the time they never respond. Um, I don't know why that is, really. Um, but sometimes I've had a couple of people get back to me and, and they've calmed down for whatever reason and it's actually really helped develop some of the shows. Um, so I think it's always... W w even when people are trying to, to slam you, um, it can be good to just try and take a step back, as you say, and, and try and look for the the feedback that could be hidden in there somewhere, you know? Point two that I've got written down here, Mike, is separate the wheat from the chaff. Hmm. And I think that's pretty much what you've just described. And it's absolutely true. You should, uh, you should uh, take all feedback with that kind of positive mindset and then you should decide which parts of it are actually worth taking on board and which parts of it you can ignore. I, I received an email at the start of the week. I wrote, a, I wrote a blog post. I think we talked about it, how to make sure all your writing is marvellous. Yeah, we spoke about that last week, didn't we? We, we spoke about it at length. Um, and I received an email um, after I'd published it that simply said, how about marvellous with an L, as in with one L? In fact, that's what they said. I'll say that again. The, the email said, <laughs> how, how about marvellous with one L? No, 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 name, no, nothing. And, um, and, and I, I read it and I thought, oh. I thought someone's taken a lot of trouble to write that. Um, well, they haven't. They haven't, put, they haven't taken any trouble whatsoever, but they've taken the time to do it. They felt that it was necessary. And I'm sorry if you're listening. I don't mean to talk about you. I'm not going to say who you are on, on air, of course. Um, and, of course, I, I mean, I, I should say here that, of course, I was able to reply very politely, I hope. Um, I'm from the UK, and we spell marvellous with two, hell, two L's here. Yep. Um, and, therefore, it's, it was, you know, I'm right. <laughs> I didn't say that, of course. You have now, though. Yeah, well, no, it's true. I mean, it it's is true. true. I, it, that stuff is it annoys me sometimes. But it, 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 this is about giving feedback again, though, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I, I did get a bit annoyed at first, but I get, I get more annoyed. At, I got more annoyed because I just think, God, you know, I've been blogging for three years. Everything is free, and you know, if you're going to give me feedback, then at least 
include your name or say hello or say, oh, you know, thanks for the blog. I enjoyed reading that post, but I'm afraid you've spelt marvellous wrong, or at least I think you have. I mean, that's how you do it, isn't it? You don't mm-hmm. sort of write a, a sort of a snarky, very short email. But I mean, that's, that's, that's by the by. But the point is, I was, I, I separated the wheat from the chaff. I read it and I thought, that's not feedback I'm going to take on board. A, because it's silly and B, because it's wrong. Because um, there are so many things you could say, right? You could respond and say, how about you pick up a copy of the Oxford English Dictionary? Exactly. Right? You but know, you, you, but th- that's why like emails sometimes can be really good because if he said it to your face, then you might have you know, done the human thing and said that to him. Yeah, but well, there's no point. I mean, I was. I'm, I, it's not. It's not a big deal. But it's a good example of yeah, definitely of, of someone of, of, of feedback that you can ignore. When it comes to your actual work, so let's take the example of a, a short story. Say, so you've written a short story, you've got feedback from it. Um, you need to separate the wheat from the chaff. So I kind of have a process that I go through. When I get it, when I get some feedback, let's let's say that I've got a load of uh, I don't know, five pages full of red pen. Um, I do the easy stuff first. So I get rid of all the spelling mistakes. I correct all those. I mean, there's very few, Mike. I mean, if there's a word like marvellous, I would certainly spell that right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the only words that you ever get wrong are like 26 letters in length. Or ones that I've just made up myself. Yes. Well, then they're not wrong, are they? Exactly. Exactly. So I get that done first, sort of the kind of very simple amends. Um, Because that's kind of, it's out the way then. And it means that I'm working on um, sounds a bit weird and it's psychological, but it means that I'm working on something that's one step to being right, if that makes sense. If I tackle something that's really difficult, something I really have to think about first, then in the back of my head I'm thinking, this text is going to change again when I do all these spelling mistakes. It's a silly thing, but I do that. Um, and then there's some of the suggestions that I just won't agree with, and I'm sure that people listening, you won't agree with it. Um, but you do have to consider them all, which is basically what I think we're talking about. You have to have that mindset, as I say, at the start, where you think that everything could be constructive. Even if it hurts your feelings, it could be constructive. So you need to go go through and decide, think carefully and decide which suggestions, which which, which words that are crossed out, which, which, which kind of parts of the feedback that you agree with and you think you need to take action on. So you need to, and also which ones you're going to ignore, I guess, which is almost as important. Um, my my personal approach is that I, I very rarely ignore a piece of feedback because I kind of think if one person has thought that, then most people will. And it's, I shall tell you a very, very short story, but I was, it was uh, the first uh, page of my novel, the very first page of the novel, out very shortly. Um, there was a very bad swear word in the last sentence of that novel. And that swear word has been there for eight years, since the very beginning. It was always there. What and letter did it begin with? Oh, come on, you don't make me out to be a potty mouth. This is fiction. I never swear. It begins with F. Well, that's not that bad, then. It's pretty bad. Yeah, but... I mean, it's fiction, so it was in context. I mean, the person that was saying it, you know, sometimes swears. I mean, it's not a sweary book by any means. But it, I thought for impact, it was important on that first mm. page. And, and seven and three-quarter years ago, someone read it very early on and said, I don't think you need that swear word. And I chose to ignore that advice. And then, lo and behold, about two months before the book's published, I decided to take it out. So it can change, and um, and and this is why I think you should, once you've gone through the process of um, deciding which pieces of advice, which suggestions to take on board and change and act upon, and which to ignore, don't throw those amends away. Hang on to it. Don't discard them because whilst you might not agree with something right now, if you're working on something as big 
as a novel or even a short story, as I was, which was the example I said I was going to use, um, it can take months to write these things, and you need to hang on to stuff so you can refer to it and. Um, and um, and and it might be later on you might actually agree with it and you might see oh yeah I can see why they suggested that at the time. So that's point two. How long have we got, Mike? We're at twenty-five minutes. Okay, well I'll um I've got one more point and then we'll do the final sponsor and I think we'll wrap it up. Okay. Because this, I think this has been relatively constructive. Yeah. <laughs> that's the feedback I give. Indeed. Thank you. You got there. Thanks very yeah. much. Yeah. No, I, I got it. Don't worry. Um, point three then is do the work and do it quickly. I gave it a little title. It's a good uh, title. Thank you. That's my feedback. <laughs> Enjoy that feedback too. <laughs> but it's the idea of whilst I whilst yes, you should hang on to all your amends. So you've got like a big box, which is what I've got of amends that go back months, weeks, years, whatever it might be. Not in that order. Um, That's then a weird order. It is. Um, don't. When you get the amends in, don't put them to one side and forget about them. Actually do those amends. Um, do something about the feedback as quickly as possible. Strike while the iron is hot. Mm. For a couple of reasons. First of all, because those amends are fresh in your memory. I've made this mistake countless times where I've got amends back and I've thought, I've done all the spelling mistakes and the grammar errors and I've thought, well, I'll do the hard stuff later. I'll go on to something that I actually know where I know what I'm doing first. And then when I come back to it, it's not fresh in my memory and I have to, not only do I have to think about the amend and try and think, what, what is this feedback that I'm trying to digest? I can't remember what the context of this was. I, prob- I may even have forgotten the actual piece of writing that it was referring to as well. So you kind of, the time that it takes, I mean, I've spent, no exaggeration, sort of a week just trying to get my head around um, um, what someone was trying to help me with, with their feedback, um, because I just left it too long before working on it. But the second thing is that it's also fresh in the memory of the person that's giving you the feedback. Those people, wonderful though they are, your writing is not their main priority. And, and this goes even if they're your writing tutor. I mean, they haven't got... They have their own writing, I suppose, or they, their own jobs, lives to, to, to kind of think about. Once they've handed over those pages with that red pen on, it's kind of yours. You need to act upon it. But it might be that you've got a question about it. You might think, well, I kind of think I know what you mean with this, I don't know, suggestion or remark. Um, but I'm not entirely sure, so I'd like to go back and ask, find out more, ask that person, the person who's given the feedback, find out what exactly they meant. Or maybe if they got a suggestion, so if you think you should, I don't know, you, this paragraph needs work. I mean, it, sometimes you do get stuff like that where it's quite vague. Mm. You might want to go back and say, well, what do you mean by that? What kind of work are you talking about? What, tell me more. What do you actually think I should do with this paragraph? Um, and if you've left it three months, then ch- ch- well, I was going to say chances are, but it's almost certain that the person will have forgotten. And then they have to go through. Well, let me read it again and I'll, I'll see if I can remember what it was that I was trying to say. And that's just, um, it's not fair on that person to put them in that position. And also it's not helpful for you because it delays the process and you're not, you're not kind of, um, you're not acting on something. You're not kind of making it happen when you really need to. Um, and that's happened to me lots of times. So my third suggestion is to do the work and to uh, do it as quickly as possible while it's fresh. Strike while the iron is hot. Yeah. My, I had four points. I'll just very quickly say the title of the last one. It was to try and look at the feedback revision process as uh, fun. I kind of said that at the start. It's kind of it's where you take your ideas and you make them work. Yeah. 
It's what it's what makes your writing better. It sheds new light on what you're doing. And if you can truly go into it with that mindset, then you'll come out of it better. Indeed. Like I wrote you, in my... Yeah. Let's finish with what... Let's, let's, I always like to quote myself as much as possible. Yeah, that's good. The writing process can be lots of fun, but there's something uniquely thrilling about working on something repeatedly and so intensively that you know it inside out. And, um, Ian that, Broom, 2012. <laughs> indeed. And that only comes from... Um, from uh, enjoying feedback and enjoying on work, enjoying taking the feedback and working on it and making your writing better. And that's it. I've finished. Beauty. But we have a really exciting sponsor that we want to talk about before we finish, and that's Mailchimp. Easy email newsletters. Mailchimp provides you uh, with the ability to create email newsletters and campaigns. They give you the tools for people to sign up, and you can create all your sign up forms. You have the ability to create. Um, templates for your newsletter or emails to be sent out on so you know say you have a website so if we went if we look at ian broom's website and ian wanted to set up a newsletter for ianbroom.com he can just go to the uh into mailchimp and he can type in ianbroom.com as the the uh like the style that he wants so he can say oh you can put your website in as a style and what it does is MailChimp goes out and it looks at the colors of your website and helps you design your template around the colors of your site. I think that's so awesome. Um, they have loads of amazing features that you should go to MailChimp.com to check out. But I want to talk to Mr. Broom himself because I know that you are a MailChimp user. I am indeed a MailChimp user. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's, there are lots of things that I could say about it. The fact that it's so simple to use is why I chose it in the first place. It's just, um, I, I used it actually a few years ago, believe it or not. I sort of looked into it a few years ago and it was when I was doing Words Aloud, so the spoken word night that I run, and or I used to run. Um, and we were going to use, um, we were going to run a, a newsletter, but in the end we decided to do a blog anyway. Long story short, I didn't end up using it for something. It wasn't because it wasn't good, I just didn't end up using it. And then when I decided I wanted to run a mailing list with the new site, I obviously went straight back to it. I know about MailChimp um, anyway um, because it's Ace, and um, it was just it was just so easy to do. It um, it kind of almost almost felt too easy, if that makes sense. Of course, there's no such thing as too easy, but just the process was so simple. From sort of I don't know signing up through to like you say, the templates kind of already exist, and before you know it, you have this entire newsletter ready to go out and to uh, and to get people signed up which is kind of the other thing i want to say it's very easy to sign up and get sending emails but it's actually really easy to get people subscribed too and um it kind of works with wordpress and all manner of other uh, sort of blogging engines it basically there's a plugin kind of a a mailchimp um add-on or extension for pretty much anything. So it makes it really easy for people to sign up too. And the third thing that I want to mention about MailChimp is the copywriting. And I know that it's kind of not really a feature, but it is important when you're trying to choose the service because um, I just love the way that the MailChimp website and oh, kind it's of so great. All, the inter- yeah, all the interactions that you have throughout the process. The copy is really friendly it's almost it sounds ridiculous but it almost feels like you've got someone there helping you through the process and um as a copywriter myself i know that that's not easy to achieve and do so uh, kind of uh, my experience with uh, mailchimp so far has been ace 
and you should all sign up to my newsletter, which is kind of a sponsorship within a sponsorship. It's quite meta, what I've just said there. The newsletter, your newsletter will be in the show notes, of course. Yeah, MailChimp have like a monkey mascot, and it's got a great sense of humor, and he pops up every now and then and tells little jokes while you're uh, creating your, your newsletter templates and stuff. It's great fun. They have awesome iOS apps as well, which um, you can post and send out the newsletter straight from the iOS app. Um, and Android app as well. And they also, uh, they have statistics, so you can find out how many people have opened your email, how many people have shared it, and that you can access those from the app as well. But you know what the best feature about MailChimp is, Broom? Well, tell me. It's free. <laughs> if you have less than 2,000 subscribers, or you send less than 12,000 emails a month, MailChimp will always be free for you. If you do more than that, they have many, many, many plans to suit your needs exactly. Go to MailChimp.com to try it out. Thank you very much to MailChimp for sponsoring. Thanks, MailChimp. The stats are fantastic, actually. In in my last newsletter, I sent out um, a link to a free sample of my novel. So a big deal for me, free sample. Yeah. I was able to see with the, with the Mailchimp stats exactly how many people had downloaded my um, the PDF that I uh, sent oh, out with awesome. the very handy indeed. That's really good. That's yep. really good. So Mailchimp, if you if you want to do something like this, and they you know free, you should check them out. So Mr. Broom, thank you very much for this episode. Have you got anything you want to add before we wrap up? I've absolutely nothing to add, Mike. My feedback is to. Keep it real and hang tough. Excellent stuff. Uh, go to ianbroom.com to find out more about Ian and his upcoming novel, A is for Angelica. You can pre-order now. All the information is there. Ian is at Ian Broom on Twitter, and that is all spelt I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of 70 Decibels Right for Your Life podcast. Until next time, tally-ho. Cheerio.